Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a podcast 225 production. Synonyms of the word change. change. Alter. Make different. Become different. Adjust. And every day, we evolve. We adapt. We change. And this is where we talk about it. This is The Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil. Welcome back to another edition of The Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com, iTunes, the iHeartMedia app, and airing weekends on Talk 107.3. Always a pleasure to get the feedback we get from you guys. Thank you for sharing the word about what we're doing here. Nearly 260 episodes of this show spanning more than four years. And in four years, we have seen a whole lot. But then again, in this last year, we've seen almost everything we've seen in that last four years kind of shoved into about nine, almost 10 months. Crazy times, crazy times. You know, it's it's interesting to watch what's happening in the political atmosphere right now as we are even closer to, to the November 3rd election. And it's not just the top of the ticket with the presidential election. It's everything down ballot. And we're going to have another conversation with John Cuvion in a couple of weeks about that. Because before you know it, early voting will be starting. And all this mail-in ballot stuff, I promised you a part two to our conversation. And we're going to have it. Also, football season has started. We're now two weeks into the NFL season. And it's been interesting, as you know. I'm a Niner fan, and we had, what, four players injured this past Sunday. We won the game. Not the, great, not the greatest outcome after the fact, but at least we won the game. The Saints played on Sunday night. No, Monday night. Saints played on, on Monday night in Las Vegas against the Las Vegas Raiders, which... Still seems weird to say, but hey, whatever. And right now, Saints fans are upset at Drew Brees calling him an old man. There are all these articles out there now talking about how Drew can't throw the football down the field anymore. So you know what's going to happen next week in the game that they play. I think they play Seattle. You know he's going to come out and try to throw the ball all around the park just to prove that he still has some gas left in that arm. We'll see. And, uh, And then, of course, it's, The NBA is going on right now, which right around now, normally they would be having their preseason (laughs) and they're doing their NBA finals. And I think all of the social commentary that they have done hasn't worked out the way that they thought it was going to work out with the way the ratings are going. But we'll talk about some of that next week with our guest, who will be Matt Moscona. Matt was going to be in this show as well, talking about the kickoff of the college football season, but... You know, we're talking this week about suicide among law enforcement officers. It's a very serious subject that a lot of people, I think, don't realize how serious it is. And in this climate of anti-police rhetoric and some of the things happening in, in inner city communities, Is just not something that people think about. A few days ago, I was having a conversation with Sergeant Randy Richard, who is with the Baton Rouge Police Department. And we were talking about this and she had reached out to me a week or so ago about coming on to talk about this this subject. And, you know, as, as you guys know, We do a fundraiser. We had done a fundraiser for military veterans. This will be the first in eight years if we don't do it this year. And I'm still I'm still holding out hope that we will Uh, smoke them if you got them, as you know, is our fundraiser, our way to give back, give back and support military veterans and first responders. And when we started this, we give the money to the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Now we started with Warriors for Freedom, another organization based in Tulsa. And it was when we were behind or helping them with their campaign called Remember the 22. And if you remember, 
we talked about how 22 military veterans a day on average commit suicide. And you can take that math and graduate it forward to see how devastating that is. Well, now when you think about law enforcement officers and everything that they're dealing with now, there is trauma as it relates to that as well. And in my conversations with Rendy, she made me aware of an organization called Blue Help, H-E-L-P as in Paul. And it's, it's pretty jarring when you think about what's happening with officers. And on their website, bluehelp.org, you can learn about what some of these officers are going through. 1,251 suicides reported. So many of these men and women wear the trauma of their jobs home. And some don't make it to the other side. So let's talk about that. Rendy Richard will be here in studio. And on the phone with us will be the widow of a Baton Rouge police officer who took his own life. A very serious conversation is on the way, so pay attention. Expecting mothers and fathers? Family Rose Healthy Start Community Action Network wants you to stay healthy as we deal with the reality of COVID-19. Here are five tips to help you and your unborn baby. Keep prenatal visits to ensure good health of you and your baby. If you need help, Family Road Healthy Start has case managers who provide one-on-one support and is enrolling expecting mothers and fathers now. Stay safe by washing your hands before or after any encounter. You, your family, and children should wear masks in public. Pregnant moms, stay home if possible. If not, limit all outings and keep any additional family members such as your children home. Stay informed by getting all current information on COVID-19 from trusted resources. And finally, stay prepared in the event you may develop symptoms or test positive for the coronavirus. For additional information, visit womans.org. To enroll in Family Road Healthy Start, call 201-8888 and give your baby and family a healthy start. We'll get through this together. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. The most important issues facing our state and our region. The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Back with Sergeant Rendy Richard okay. of the Baton Rouge Police Department, and we're talking about a very special period going on around the nation now. Hey, Ren, how are you? I'm great. So it's good to have you here. First time in in this particular studio. I know you keep like up in the ante around here, <laughs> getting fancy. <laughs> no, me fancy? Nah, never. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about. Police Suicide Awareness Week and then what this is about and and your organization and not just now, but what you have been doing now for a couple of years. Um, so Saturday will be Suicide Awareness is during September. So mm-hmm. they set aside Blue Help actually has it on the national calendar where Saturday, I think it's the 26th, my days run together, is uh, National Law Enforcement Suicide Day. Uh-huh. And suicide and stress for law enforcement are really starting to come to the forefront right yeah. now, especially with everything that's happened nationally. And so usually this time last year, we did something very unique and we created the Uphill 5K Climb. Okay. And what that endured is uh, Kyle Callahan, he's a sergeant for uh, Baton Rouge Police Department. He came, yep. I, I wanted to do a walk. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do an observation walk in honor of Brian. And he turned it into this huge 
5K run, fireworks, DJ. We had people from all over the country. Kelly. Why is that not surprising? About it's Kyle? not surprising. Uh, but Kelly Lowe came down uh, from, from St. St. Louis. Louis. Yeah. Uh, Susan was here from Under the Shield. And it was a great turnout. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why we did that is because law enforcement suicide. We lost Brian Thompson in 2017. Right. And 18. 18. 18. Sorry, 18. Mm-hmm. And the stigma um, of law enforcement has always been that we didn't honor those who took their life by suicide. Hmm. So our goal is to change that narrative. Um, so we did this. All the money we, we put money, gave it to Vicki to help her kids. Because sure. people do not understand that when this happens, the families are left with no benefits. Absolutely. They don't get the in-line of benefits. They yeah. don't get that. You know, it's hard. Departments are getting better. Sure. But they're not honored the way an officer is honored in the line of duty. Okay. So with COVID this year, we were unable, of course, right. to set this up. Right. So, you know, I think it's about having conversations. Okay. And for for Vicky and her children, it's a legacy that, you know, when I leave, um, it will stay with them. It's, yeah. it's theirs. Yeah. It's their honor to their father. And it's for the department's responsibility to hold it in honor of those that we couldn't help right right so so this this doesn't come up a whole lot it isn't talked about you know depression ptsd all the things that officers deal with only in the last 10 years does the nation talk about the number of daily suicides by military veterans which is about 22 23 a day day a day and before Vicky comes in and kind of talks about that from her perspective, let me ask you, why isn't that spoken about more? I think, and it's funny because myself and a past chief just had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Why is it now that it's in the forefront? I think over time, I listened to, you know, Paul Harvey's, yeah. you know, policeman, and I posted it this morning. I think we've taught our officers, you're you're not supposed to have these feelings Mm -hmm. it through history through stigma whatever you want to call it now we're realizing that if the mental wellness side of our officers is going to impact their performance their relationships to the community and that everything that we do from training to response to in line of duty everything is around an officer's wellness yeah if you have someone who suffers from any depression um, I don't want to say mental illness because I think yeah. that term gets thrown out way too sure. too quick. Yeah. Um, if and there's involved, a stigma around the phrase mental illness. And people don't realize when, when officers take on this job, mm-hmm. it's not going in and a uh, – the term I would use is non you know in the professional world it's Mm -hmm. it's its own little culture so there's a lot of honor like the military there's you know you take people we break them down and then we build them up Mm -hmm. so with this it's hard to take that hero and and get them to accept that what they see every single day piles up and that it's okay for them. And I think the military is the ones who have brought this to the forefront. Right. Because they're seeing what's happening. Well, and when I was a kid, when people looked at police officers, okay, they were all seen as heroes or cool or they were, it, it was a different culture about it. Now law enforcement is a factor of politics now, which yes. is, which, which completely muddies the water totally. because law enforcement isn't left or right, black or white. It's constitutional, you know, protection of the public. You, right. you take an oath to protect and serve the impact that the new reality of politics talk about what that does to the job. I think it's a lot of pressure. Okay. Um, I think what we're seeing in this nation yeah. is aiming at police work. Sure. But I think it's a needs to be aimed at politics. Yeah, I know when you know through the years politics in the city it affected us. Sure. But on the street we weren't worried about the Never politics. Cared about it. it wasn't. It yeah. didn't affect my everyday life. Right now, granted, social media wasn't around either. But um, 
not so not so sure that's made things better right mm, i don't think so <laughs> i i'm i stay on it because of what i do sure and actually that's where i find my officers who need assistance mm. or family who needs assistance and then really yes that's it's a huge tool for people who um do the things that our peer team does even for our spouses because when i see officers posting something that may be out of uh, maybe anger Mm -hmm. maybe um they may post a saying about depression sure that keys me in on i need to reach out something may be wrong something may be wrong okay and you know that's why i i'm i'm a fan of of discipline if there is something on social media but yeah. i also believe give me a chance to see what it is because it may not be what you think it is so ren uh vicky's on with us and why don't you introduce vicky and then and I, and let's let's kind of talk about this and the impact of all of this on her and her family okay um so i met vicky it is and vicky i'll let you tell this story after this portion um vicky thompson is the widow of brian of corporal brian thompson mm-hmm. And we we did have a suicide uh, many years ago, um, and I'm not going to release that name because sure. I don't have right. that permission. Right. But uh, so when when Brian died, I went to Vicky. I just gotten kind of gotten into the mental peer support side yeah. of things. Yeah. And I remember just going there, going this. There's there's no reason why this is happening. Mm-hmm. We we have to do better. And I think that's kind of when the mentality of officer wellness kind of started coming to the forefront. And I, I watched things unfold that really disturbed my heart. Mm. And I think in 2016, we just didn't do a good job of taking care of our officers. We we went through a year of change. Unbelievable. So much change. And for the officers, where we thought it wasn't affecting them, yeah. it was. But I also think that people don't take in consideration that those men and women that are wearing that uniform, yeah. at the end of their shift, they take that uniform off and they are a human being. I'll give you a prime example, Ren, and, 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 and before Vicki jumps into here. About three weeks ago, this incident that happens where a little girl, a three-year-old, gets shot, takes a few rounds while, while she's sitting in her car seat, back seat of her car, right? Officers are there, and you see that. I don't care how much training you have, there is no way to look at a three-year-old slaughtered by some clown who's just shooting up the streets with impunity and not take that home with you, right? Especially if you're going home. And, Two little children. And you have children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People don't understand that it, human. you can't take the human right. side out of anybody. Right. You can train a soldier, sure. but just like the military, they may put it aside for work, yeah. but they're bringing it right back home. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting is with the military, when they bring them back, they have an integration period. Yep. Law enforcement doesn't have an mm. integration period. Their integration period is from the time they get off shift to the time that they get home. Right. Well, if family life is not what it needs to be, mm-hmm. or just even it could be something that the kid, you know, your son gets in trouble. Sure. Where is all that going? Yeah. Because as a parent, kids go through their own changes, and you've got to be willing to, especially you know, dealing with the emotional changes as they are yep. growing and developing. So, Vicky, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. Uh, you, you, Hi. Rendy's talking about how y'all met. This is just tell us your story. Tell us your your reason for wanting to be a part of this. Um, well, I did meet Rindy after, um, the first time I remember meeting you was at Brian's funeral and, you know, she, she said, um, we're going to make this matter. Um, I just, that, that will stick with me forever. Um, because it was somebody, a group of people that, um, that wanted to make his life and his service matter. Um, Brian had been through, and they all had, all the officers had been through so much, like Rindy said, in 2016. And I think compounded with everything else, like y'all were just talking about, that they see every day. Um, how can that, as a human, how can that not affect you? Um, I just don't, 
maybe some people can do it. I just don't see many humans being able to carry that weight um, without having some kind of decompression, having some kind of um, outlet. And with 2016, Brian kept saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, it was his job. He was going to do his job. Um, they had we had the protests here in Baton Rouge, and then um, shortly after that, um, the ambush on our police officers, and that's that's really when um, I saw a big change in him. He was just angry, um, and again, just stuffed it down. I have a job to do. Um, Brian was a detective at that time and he decided to go back into uniform. Um, because did you say something? No, no, I was just saying, wow, that he, he decided to go back into uniform patrol. He did. He decided to go back into uniform patrol because he just felt like that's where he needed to be. Um, and, Shortly after the ambush, they, you know, they were working steadily, 12s, and um, for a long time with, with the protests, with the shootings, all of that. And then um, shortly after that, the flood happened. We lost our house. We lost our gym. Um, you know, so there were so many contributing factors yeah. that year that, like I said, I think over the course of time, it all piles on. But then when you have an event um, that it, it just kind of seems to be just a huge trigger for him. Um, and loaded on with everything else that was going on in life. Um, so I just feel like, and like Rindy said, they're, they're just at that point, there just wasn't enough done. Um, you know, there, there wasn't enough peer support. There wasn't even really, and Rindy, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think that's kind of when Kelly came in from St. Louis and said, we need to have something here. We need to, we need to have, um, some spousal support. We need to have officer support because these these officers are on the streets every day dealing with things that we can't even comprehend, and um, it, there's just no outlet. So, right. yeah. um, and and I think it's important to to also note what squad that Brian went to when he went back to uniform patrol. So he went to an amazing squad, but it was also Montreal squad. Ah. And so, mm-hmm. um, so that squad had dealt with the loss of an officer, um, you know, and like I said, I, I think in, in when it comes to suicide, there's, I don't think there's just one contributing factor. And I, I and the reason I'm saying all of this is because it's it's just compounded. It's things that you stuff down and you stuff down and you stuff down because you're a police officer and the perception is that's your job. That's what you signed up for. That's what you do every day. And um and you're supposed to be this tough guy that can deal with it all and underneath that you're human you're human just like anybody else and like y'all were saying you have a family to go home to and you have children that you're trying to raise in the best way that you can um and deal with everything else in life so um so we went through 2017, and then um, Brian and I had actually, without getting into too much detail, um, we had been separated for some time, um, and I got a call from one of his 
one of the guys on his squad one morning my my daughter would call him every morning and talked to him on the phone before she went to school she called him twice that morning he didn't answer um and which I didn't really think about because I thought, well, maybe he's just on a call already or they're in um, a meeting or something. And then I got a call from one of the guys on his squad asking me if I had heard from him that morning. And Brian was never late for work. Um, It just was very out of character for him. Um, So I met his, I, I think, I don't, it was, so foggy that morning I don't in my brain I don't remember um, everybody that was there but um, a lot of the people on his squad were were there and um, I brought them the key to his apartment and um, and he had on March 23rd of 2018 he had taken his life when you think about what you just laid out with mm-hmm. 2016 and everything that went on and then talking with him, could you see that something was different in the months and weeks before this happened? Um, I could see that something was different. I've told Rindy this before. My mom... My mom had breast cancer that that same year, 2016, and actually I was getting ready to go visit her that Sunday morning on July 17th in the hospital um, when our officers were shot. Um, And so my mom, after the flood happened and all that, she really couldn't, she was recovering from surgery, she couldn't come to Baton Rouge and, and help her. So she hadn't been around Brian for a little while. We hadn't seen her in a couple of months at that point. And the first thing that she said um, was, he's so angry. Like, she could just see it, because my mom was one of Brian's favorite people. I mean, they just loved each other. And... Um, and she saw it, and she said, he's just so angry. Um, the, the months, like I said, we, we had been living apart for a little while, um, trying to work on our marriage, going to counseling and, and all of that. Um, I think that we became so focused on that aspect that because Brian had sought counseling before that um but I think we were so focused on that aspect of our marriage and trying to work on that that the other stuff kind of put got put on the back burner and when you say other stuff what do you mean when you say other stuff the trauma um just right just the the feelings of guilt for why not me when the shootings happened the feelings of anger the the unresolved um i don't want to say issues because the work things the things that he was dealing with at work the things that he um had suppressed i guess since the flood and just everything in life you know we were so focused on working on our marriage at that time that the other stuff i guess what i'm saying is just continued to get stuffed down mm-hmm. it continued not to be a priority of being dealt with um like it should have been from the beginning of all of that for mm-hmm. all of the officers rindy how does um, with what vicky is describing here how can that reality be changed i think we're changing it okay um i think we are we have people that have fully engulfed themselves in how do we work on prevention okay and by prevention i mean awareness awareness of of things that can be put in place before they ever get to that point there's got to be a place for law enforcement to be able to dump that psychological mm-hmm. garbage can. Mm-hmm. And we don't take in consideration that we see them at work. 
you you you've been sure, around us sure. and we're and we're at work and on yeah. scenes and stuff. We're in work mode. Yep. And then you take the the home life situation yeah. and you combine it. It starts to kind of intertwine together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when if you look at and I and I really hope nationally that this study is done. A lot of the things that are happening nationally, I want to see what that officer's background look like mm-hmm. prior to those incidents. Yeah. Because I want to see is it something that the department needs to step up and go, you know what? This is why we're having some of the issues because we're not taking care of the officers on the forefront. We're not educating the families to start looking for these. We're not creating a safe haven for them to go before it gets to this point. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are that are stepping up to say this. And what I love is that you have veteran officers that would have pushed this away that are now coming out to go, I wish I would have paid attention. Right. I wish somebody would have told me. And I'm and I and I tell the story about Brian because this is why God puts things in your life for a reason. Sure. This is not the one that I planned for him to put in my lap, but yeah. this is wholeheartedly what I live for. The, you know, there's an old saying, if if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yes. <laughs> it, it will mess them up um, for sure yeah. and put like, you on a path. Is that what you think you're going to be doing? No, no, no. no. But it, I, two days prior to, I think there was one of the – one of the verdicts coming out it may have been the dog ver- doj yeah. verdict or something yeah. like that and i was like and i had to be out of town yeah and i remember that was holy week of 2017 yes yeah and the, I, the verdict was yep. the verdict was during that week and the chief's decision was on good friday correct i had to drive back from false river to come and be on television that day I Very happy Houston. to make that drive. I'm sure you can imagine. I was taking my son to Houston for yeah. um, a football camp, and I wasn't going to miss that. I have I have some boundaries, uh, very few, but that's one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just talked about that yes, off the air. <laughs> that's that's a boundary you can't miss. Yeah. So I I had reached out to an organization, sure, and I said, look, you know, I think I can't be there, but mm-hmm. I think we need to go check in with some of these officers from what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, yeah. anxiety, hype, you know, that, that hypertension is, is, is way up. Mm-hmm. They're very sensitive and, and was pretty much said, we know that's really not what we do. Mm-hmm. We really do more of the, the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And that just hit me. And I was like, okay, well I, I can't fix it. I'm on my way to Houston. And then the next morning is when I got the call about Brian mm-hmm. and I was like, Never again. Never. If I have to, if I have to put my badge down, if I have to put my gun down, never again will I ever allow an officer to feel like they don't have somewhere to go. Let me ask you both this question, and I think a lot of people listening are probably curious about this too. And as a man with kids, with a family, it is it is counterintuitive to sit with someone to dump what your feelings are because men and you know coming out of a generation where that was the case you are taught to be emotionally impenetrable nothing should get to you suck it up yep. you know tough it out yep. that's 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 the culture that I and a lot of guys grew up in it's a little different now because guys are giving us given a safe space to be able to talk about what's going on and even to one another but even teaching guys to do that now you take that me a business guy and then you add to that that attitude for someone carrying around 60 70 80 pounds of gear every day having to protect the public so the long-winded preamble to ask how do you get guys to go against their instinct to just suck it up and be tough? So I think, <laughs> great question. I think you bring the guy that's been there. Yeah. That's that has been broken. Yeah. And maybe still a little broken. Mm-hmm. And you put him in a room and you or you pick up that phone and go, hey, I, I've been where you're at. Let to let him tell his story. Let me tell you my story, okay. and then they they tend to tell their story yeah. they're like oh wait oh i i get yeah. it i it's not just me right hmm. and you relate that way 
and that gets them putting it somewhere. They're yeah. emptying that garbage can. Yeah. They're emptying to somebody that can help them understand that or know that they've been there. Yeah. And what's great about peer support and what we do is we're we're not clinicians. Yeah. We've gone through training, but we are not going to be in a room and in and take notes Mm -hmm. we're just having a conversation but at that point that's where we bring in and go hey let's go talk to somebody these are people we trust these are people that we vetted they are mental health but they are here for the right reasons they want to help law enforcement get healthy Mm -hmm. because a healthy officer creates a healthy community what do you say Vic to that um I think that, I mean, Rindy's absolutely right. Getting rid of it before it it gets too heavy. Getting rid of it before you get to that point where you think there's no other way out. Um, and I think that with mental health awareness, that stigma needs to be gone. Um Men think that they need to bury things or be this tough guy, but I think if departments start from the beginning, if they start from the academy, you know, preaching that it's it's okay, it's okay to, to need to get rid of some of this stuff. It's okay to not want to carry this with you, um, because... Like you said earlier, I think mental health, the stigma of mental health means something bad right. to people. Yeah. You know, or you're crazy, right. or you can't deal with life, or it's coping. Everybody needs coping mechanisms in right. life, because I don't know one person whose life is perfect. <laughs> and regardless of what it is, if it's something, you know, tragic, if it's something, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody deals with things in their life, sure. and I think having coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. to deal with those things preventatively before it gets to the point where somebody thinks um, there's no other way, and they're in that deep, dark, black hole that they think there's no way out of. And I do want to say this real quick. I don't, you know, in telling my story... I don't want anybody to think, well, you know, she's just out there putting all of her business out there. And, and I'm I'm not trying to talk about Brian or, you know, it, I want people to understand that he was a human being. Yeah. And that because of, of everything that transpired, because of everything that he was dealing with, now he's gone, and I don't want that for anybody else. I don't want that. I don't want to have to talk to another spouse of somebody that wife or husband committed suicide. That they thought that that was the only way out, and that that's why. That's why I do tell our story because you never know what somebody else is going through in life. With social media, everybody mm-hmm. makes their life look perfect. Absolutely, everybody's life is wonderful. Absolutely, and you're on vacation, yeah. and you yes. know yeah. it, the perception is is good. You never know what somebody else is dealing with, and if I can help one person not get to that point, right. you know, as, as a spouse to say. Um, you know, these are, these are some things that you can do, or like Rindy said, just have a safe person to be able to talk to. That's just a conversation and nobody wants to talk about suicide. And, um, I think they used to call it choir practice back in the days. I think they used to all get together when you know, after a shift and they would empty their garbage cans back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't on social media. Um, but <laughs> right. it, it has to start with the families. They're the first ones who absolutely, you know, Brian even made a comment talking to several of his uh, people on his squad. He even made the comment that um, 
if if I come, I think I had done a class or spoken or something like that, and they're like, you know, and he made the comment. He said, if if y'all find me and y'all think it's suicide, y'all better do an investigation. Mm. So you know, you have to be able to the families. We and we started this with behind the line, educating mm-hmm. the families on what to look like. We have you know multiple resources that we hand out and it's been a slow progress to get people on the buy-in but it's working yeah and that's where i'm pleased well you mentioned it earlier about changing the culture and i think that's a part of it and and to what vicky said a second ago i think it's absolutely courageous and it honors brian because if you if you were to ask him would he want anyone else to go to deal have the pain that he that he had he would say no no because Absolutely. because good people don't wish pain on other people and i'll tell you and i don't hide the story um after brian i started taking and i took on you know the mental wellness side of this stuff mm-hmm. and i lost both of my parents within three years i was taking care of i was i was holding everybody else's stuff sure and there was there was a night that I that I really learned how important it was, and that's that's by your own personal mm-hmm. barrier of knowing what that line is. Right. And I remember sitting there, and I remember thinking, I've lost everything. You know, I I, I feel like I'm an orphan. I don't have my parents, and I'm gr- I'm grown. I have a beautiful family. Right. Um, I've lost officers that are grieving. I'm holding, trying to figure out how to help them, and it just came to a halt. And that night, I remember being alone and thinking, I can actually understand what Brian's mentality could have been that night. Because Mm. I really don't think that, you know, that those that die by suicide, I really do not believe that they take their life because they want to die Mm -hmm. i think they take their life because they want the pain want the pain to stop to just stop i don't think the the at that point in time that they really look at the impact Mm -hmm. and that's what's sad that i and for me i i was able to pick up a phone at two o'clock in the morning and have that resource Mm -hmm. that's what i want to make sure that every officer it may not be me Mm-hmm. I, I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form. I'm still like a little baby bird, still learning. And I've been blessed to have some great people that um, have moved me through this career. Um, but that is the goal. Right. It's not about um, me. It's not about Vicky. It's about it's about somebody and people that need assistance mm-hmm. having a place to go. And our law enforcement absolutely deserve that. Well, you and I are about to work on something that talks about trauma mm-hmm. and and the similarities between trauma between law enfor- uh, with law enforcement and with people in the community because there's so many people who want to separate society and divide us up and make people hate each other and and the impact that that's having on our our communities is so tragic but then you have these officers who have to go out every day and i always tell people you know I, 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 without saying who I, I know an officer who is a female minority who was sharing with me some of what she read on social media, including from family members, an ethnic minority who's female and was just talking about how blown away she was. The, the, the blanket death wish, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff doesn't help when you know you have to go out onto the streets and you get a call saying there's something going on. You show up and it's an ambush because you see this stuff happening. It's called grouping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there it's a conversation people have to have. And then you think about the family and the children and, and all of the friends who are left behind. And it would be the same for a regular person in the streets yes. who is in the same kind of pain and it is, who, just, who decides to end the pain. Yes. Right. So let's do this. How can people learn more about what you're doing? How can people support what you're doing or at least be available to assist in some way or another? Well, I think next year we'll absolutely do the Uphill 5K. And I know that you and I are going to do several things. And with COVID, it just really messes up 
all of our right. events. And I think that's another thing for us in the city yes. is community policing and what Kyle and them do there and the things that we do. Right. That separation has occurred because of COVID, right. where we, we were really moving in a really positive, yeah. and now we're kind of like, wait, it's COVID. We can't do anything. <laughs> it's dealt us a blow this year, it has hasn't it? Yeah. And it, I think it's worked on everybody's mental health. Right. So um, I think, you know, for the public, see these people see these police officers that are ever that 98 percent of police officers are out there to do the best job that they can do right they really want to yep. make change in yep. in their community when they come in for 15 and a half years and you ask them why did you do this job because i want to make a difference in the community right and i know that people say that's a cliche but it's not i've watched them from you know 10 years up until i mean i hired brian came through my office mm -hmm. and that was all their cliche yeah. i want to help people right. that is really really what's in their heart right but the community needs to see too that the trauma that they're responding to they're wearing it yeah they're taking it home yep. and they're human beings so when we talk about bringing community together mm -hmm. we have to bring law enforcement to the table agreed because they are human beings that live in this community. They are human beings who want this community to be better. Mm -hmm. They don't want to keep going to homicides. They don't want to keep going to domestic violence. How do we come together? But the police side has to be brought in. Yeah. The guys on the street that are really hustling, those are the people to have conversations with. And I think sometimes asking the community what can we do to help you when the conversation needs to be both ways how can we heal you right because we're all in it together we have to make it better and it's got to be it can't be a us versus them i agree with you and and you know i think i hope and i think the majority of people get that yes. i mean the loudest voices aren't always the majority of voices and and social media who who, who the heck can even tell now yeah. so uh, i appreciate what you're doing and vicky you too the courage to come on and, and share your story with us and and uh, any final thoughts you want to give before we wrap up um i i just you know i think the whole thing is <laughs> Again, to promote this in a way that is not attached to anything negative. It's just a normal part of mm -hmm. the process. So when, when people become police officers, we have to care more about them as a person. Um, yeah. You know, and for, for families of police officers, the stigma of of suicide it's i know some people they just don't even want to acknowledge it and you can't live in fear that something is going to happen but it's kind of the same fear as a line of duty death you there's there's a there's a chance that that's going to happen and you can't think that it can't happen to your family right because oh, right. there is not one person that in in life <laughs> that i've ever spoken with about brian that would have ever thought that this is something that he would and um you just you just never know and and the importance of preventative measures not letting it get to that point is it's just it more needs to be done and and rendy is doing I, I can't even tell you she's doing amazing things um and the organization you were asking about what people what people can do and as far as officers and spouses blue help is an amazing organization they are actually building a memorial park yeah. um in close to dallas um to honor to honor um not only police officers but military firefighters um emergency personnel that have died by suicide and i, I just think that's unbelievable 
Um, I think it's a great step, Vicki, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off, because people mm -hmm. don't understand there is, there's no wall. And when you're talking about officers, police officers, like military veterans, you're talking about mm -hmm. men, you're talking about women, you're talking about black, yep. white, Hispanic, Jew, Christian, Muslim. Yep, it doesn't matter. You're talking matter. about everything. It, everything. And, and I think that people need to take a step back and realize you're talking about all kinds of people. Yes. And, yep. and that's important. And I really think, I was having this conversation at the gym with somebody this morning. We just have to, we who speak for the benefit of helping and changing and informing and really want to see things be better, we have to speak up more. It's yes. time out for the idiots being the only ones at the mic. We need to speak. Does right? that make sense? We need to speak up more, but you also have to do the walk. You got Well, you got to do it. You got to do the walk. You got to step out just, there. And you, you can't just, you, you can't just say, Oh, look, they're doing that. That's a great thing. No, you gotta, you gotta put your feet on the ground and stay and, in and it, stay in it. And there's wow. many, there's many times, but I have to say this because I think this is very important for anybody who's listening to, to this that is in law enforcement. Um, we are working with the National Police Wives, and the most awesome thing that has occurred is that Desha Gerald <laughs> and Vicky are on a my, fa yes. my favorite ginger. That redhead. That, <laughs> that literally, Vi Ooh, that Vicky, that fire. literally is my nickname for her, my Look. favorite ginger. <laughs> but that is amazing. It is. But the coolest thing is that Desha is bringing to the forefront that widows like Vicky yeah. need to be honored. Their husbands need to be honored for their service. No doubt. The same way in line of duty. It Absolutely. can be it, there is there can be a separation. Sure. But when you talk about widows of the fallen, Vicky didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Vicky who, who does? Nobody right. does. Who does? Right. And right. should not be right. handled or treated any differently. And that's that I is agree one thousand percent. I agree one thousand percent and I mean I just I if you don't get that I just I can't understand why you don't. Right. Well, Absolutely. and that's, Desha and I had that conversation a long time ago because I felt the guilt yeah. of why am I even talking to her about this? Because she lost her husband in very different ways. Sure. My husband made very different choices, mm -hmm. although I didn't know Matt. So I don't know the choices he made in his personal life. Sure. You know, I mean, right. it, you just, you don't, unless you know a person well. I don't know what their personal life looked like. So to say that, it, yes, it is different. It's yeah. very different the way that they lost their lives. But it's still but a loss. Us, it's still a loss. Dasha looked at me and said, it's still your loss. Both yeah. of our husbands are gone. It's right. still your loss. It's still your children's loss. It's right. still his parents' loss. And, and and that hit me hard because, like I said, I was feeling so much guilt. Like right. I didn't deserve to talk about this or I didn't deserve to talk to her about it um, because our, our walks were very different. But... Our pain was the same because it was still a loss. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think with what so. what Vicky's saying is I think we honor them all. Mm -hmm. We honor them all because there's either, either a reason that departments don't have real concrete wellness plans. Right. And now they're, they're changing. It's changing. Yeah. But... Mm -hmm we it's it's all a loss and that's why brian and it was important for us to give the family their day mm -hmm. and remember those that have 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 had to walk this journey and and if i leave tomorrow if that gives her children a legacy because they can't go to dc sure then that's the legacy that we leave well ladies i i do appreciate y'all taking the time 
uh, to come on the show and sharing with you know, people listening, Vicky, your story, and then Rendy, the work you're doing. Although I might uh, say that I noticed a second ago that there is a Patriots logo on that cup that you walked into this office with. <laughs> and I don't know how that got by me. It may have been on purpose. Uh, there is going to be a, you know, Vicky, that's, she snuck that in here. <laughs> And, uh, and, and Brian's and, favorite football team was the Patriots, so, so, wow. so how can you say anything to that? <laughs> okay. Look, all right, you got yeah, Jeff nice, on nice. you with the Saints, yeah, you got Gordy yeah, on yeah, you, yeah. like nice, Vicky, yeah. nice, 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 good one, Vicky. <laughs> I win because I was getting ready to do a tight two minutes on that, you, that's but it. I can't say See? anything can't right say now. So, as she takes a drink from her Patriots tumbler, you see what yes. you did to me, LaDuff? You got this rubbing off on everybody right That's now right. Vicky thank you so much and listen you're welcome here anytime you just need to know that I want to say it to you on the show and Ren you know you've been here before and we'll keep this going and there's something coming really soon that we're going to be working on that I think is really cool and and uh, and maybe we'll have we'll be able to talk about that again once we get it going yes thank you so much ladies thank you the only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime there was a shooting okay if someone shot yes someone is shot the crime stoppers podcast with clay young just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before real stories it was my first love real crimes real people real justice Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young exclusively at podcast225.com. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control with locations in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. John, like me, a lot of people were pretty scared when they saw their lawns going brown. Oh, yeah. I called you and you helped me with what the solution really was. Yeah, it really is sod webworms for this time of year. Mm. More than likely, that's what it is. Okay. You'll know you've got a problem if when you walk through the yard, you see these little white moths flying Disgusting. around. Disgusting. Yeah, they're not the coolest thing. And so you, what you want to do is you want to treat the entire yard with a synthetic pyrethroid. Not spot treat. Treat okay. the entire yard. Okay. So now, in the Baton Rouge area, this stuff works. I've treated my lawn. Where can I find it? In Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. And in the New Orleans area. In Metairie, we're at 3512 Severne Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show. That organization I mentioned in the interview and in the open is called Blue Help. That's Blue H-E-L-P. P is in Paul. You can go to the website and learn about what's happening around this country with officers and some of the resources available to them. Just to make it clear, in 2016... 143 officers committed suicide. And 17, 172. And 18, 174. In 2019, 228 officers committed suicide. This year, in September, that number is already 100. 25. Trauma is real, ladies and gentlemen. And I think about this all the time because of some of the things going on in inner city communities and some of the crime that takes place with mothers who have lost sons to gun violence and some of these young men who have been just swept up in this culture of violence and who either end up in a casket or in a cage And it's sad. But on the other side of that, you think about these officers who are wearing the stain of today's rhetoric and they've got to leave their houses and go out and try to protect their fellow citizen. And on both sides, there should be some grace. Yes, we have to have concern for these young men who make these poor choices. And if we can catch them before, great. 
More importantly, we should be concerned about the people who live in poor communities who aren't breaking the law, which, by the way, would be the vast majority. They deserve a little attention, too. But you can't forget about the officers, the men and the women, black, white, male, female, as I say, Christian, Jew, Muslim, whomever who put on a uniform and go out every day praying to make it back home. And it's become politically incorrect to think about both sides of an argument now. You, you either have to be extreme one way or the other. Well, I call BS on that because I do care about work we can do to take care of the least of those among us. But you cannot have order without the protectors, the men and women who every day, many of them for chump change, go out and bust their cans to protect people that they don't even know. So we all need to take a bit of a chill pill. And my prayers are out to Vicky and every person like her, every man, every woman, every child who have lost a loved one to suicide. And here's hoping in 2020, we are a bit more refined in our thinking about mental illness. Because it's a real thing. As I said, trauma is real. Hug your family, people. If 2020 has not taught you anything else, it should have taught you that tomorrow may be a guarantee in life, but just might not be a guarantee for any of us. And with that, I'll say thanks again to Rendy. Thanks again to Vicky, and thank you for listening to The Clay Young Show right here on podcast225.com. Let me say this before I run off. You can follow me on Twitter, at ClayYoungBR, on Facebook, Clay Young, and on Instagram, Clay underscore YoungBR. See you later. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.